From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. Every two years, the Australian and US Defence Forces engage in a massive military exercise called Talisman Sabre. It's about strategising for potential conflict, and this year, many observers say the focus has been on China. The war games haven't gone unnoticed. In fact, the Chinese Navy sent two spy ships to monitor the situation. Today, contributor to the Saturday paper, Brian Tui, on the danger of these military manoeuvres and the espionage arms race taking place in our region. It's Monday, the 2nd of August. Brian, for the past few weeks, one of Australia's largest wargaming exercises has been going on in Queensland. Can you tell me about it? Well, this exercise, uh, which is called Talisman Sabre, and it's been held previously every two years uh, with the Americans and other countries. Seven countries are taking place this time. We are currently in Shoalwater Training Area in Queensland, Australia, conducting a bilateral joint exercise between the United States Army and the Australian Defence Force to demonstrate... There's a lot of troops here. There's 17,000 military people. Being here means that we're able to, uh, you know, send the message that we're, we're supporting and sustaining a free and Indo-Pacific region. With our, with our allies, our, our Australian Defence Force. And what they've been doing is various exercises, actually. That uh, The big one is to test the amphibious forces. Uh, well, the training areas down in Shoalwater Bay will be, uh, will be supporting the amphibious uh, uh, component of the exercise. So that'll see some lodgement activities, some of the big ships putting some of our capabilities ashore. And then there's the army manoeuvres, that's mainly with the American Marines, and there's planes, fighter planes for, you know, air combat and lots of other sorts of planes. For us, Exercise Talisman Sabre 2021 uh, for Townsville Air Traffic Control will provide the air base air traffic services for the foreign military aircraft and Australian aircraft which are based... But the big part of what's going on is to practice uh, for a joint military operation against China. And that's probably become a more important part of these exercises than when they first started in 2005. Right. So you're saying that essentially the purpose here is to practice for a war with China. So can you tell me a bit more about that? What exactly goes on? I mean, obviously, there's other things happening, but it's all nearly all built around the idea of preparing for a war with China without saying who's started it or not. The thing there is that what the uh, US said is that the exercises were to integrate with the Australian, Canadian, Japanese and Korean navies in uh, to try and build uh, their cooperation as a combined effort. But during the exercises, for a long while there's been one uh, Chinese spy ship observing what's happening from international waters. A second Chinese surveillance ship is believed to have been dispatched to monitor the Australian Defence Force's largest ever military operation. This year, they brought down two spy ships. So they're trying to 
electronically snoop on what's happening. Well, Beijing has dispatched a second high-tech spy ship to Queensland as large-scale military exercises involving Australia and US forces ramp up. Right, okay. And so what kind of intelligence are these Chinese spy ships hoping to be able to get, Brian? I spoke to Clinton Fernandez, who's a professor at the Australian Defence Force Academy. Uh, Dealing with the rise of China is the most important strategic question and foreign policy question confronting Australia for the whole of this decade. He explained what the spy ships would like to do. He didn't say they were were able to do it, but they would like to try and uh, work out which is the actual command ship of all these ships. And so you'd be ready to sink that first in a battle. What vessels from which countries operate with uh, what other vessels? Not every vessel uh, in a Navy does the same thing. There are aircraft carriers, there are frigates, there are destroyers. Um, There are vessels whose sole role is to hunt for uh, uh, incoming aircraft from the enemy side. Um, And so China's trying to develop an order of battle uh, of how the coalition would operate. And the other thing is they'd like to be able to uh, detect radar emissions and two things they could do there if they they can just jam them while they want to or they can destroy the actual radar antennas and so forth. Okay, so just to be clear, Brian, we've got Australia undertaking these joint military exercises with the US as well as these other countries and they're simulating a, a potential war that would be with China and we've got Chinese ships being sent to to spy on that. That does sound quite tense. Look, they probably just want to show their flag, so to speak. Well, we, we've seen it before in uh, Talisman Sabre, both in 2019 and 2017. Uh, we expected uh, the deployment uh, of the vessel. We're surprised that, uh, that there are two vessels. One of the things is not the Defence Department put out a press release on this at the beginning was saying they're entitled to be there under international law, provided they stay in international waters. Uh, The Chinese have made a decision uh, to have a greater presence and we would expect them to operate and conduct themselves within the rules of uh, international law. Well, we've been far more provocative in the past. In 1992, an Australian submarine entered Shanghai Harbour, actually went into Shanghai Harbour, where it got tangled up in in, uh, fishermen's nets had to surface and try and get you know, cut away through the through the nets with with Chinese sailors uh, watching them. Very very dangerous and certainly far more provocative than anything than having a a ship just sitting out here, uh, you know, out in clear view. Okay, so essentially, what you're saying then is that spy ships are a fairly common tool used by nation states, including Australia, but they're not terribly effective. So if they aren't the front line of this kind of surveillance activity, what is? So most major countries have things like spy ships or more important things like doing this with drones and satellites and so forth. But the Chinese, it's a strange thing given how sophisticated they are in many ways, don't have these big satellites. Here, the main satellites which are at Pine Gaps, linked to Pine Gap, I should say. There are 36,000 kilometres into space. Uh, They have an enormous capability to cover the whole of China and and the surroundings of China for intercepting billions and billions of messages and other data 
a day. Well, that just leaves what the Chinese can do for dead. We'll be back in a moment. The City of London in Andrew O'Hagan's latest novel is crumbling. But don't mistake this for pessimism. Instead, the author insists it's a necessary process for a better future. Change doesn't just happen because it's time for a change. Change has to be forced. We live in the end not in countries that are settled places. They're just imagined communities. I'm Michael Williams, and on this week's Read This, I sit down with Andrew O'Hagan to discuss his latest, Caledonian Road. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. With award-winning news coverage and reviews, the Saturday paper is essential reading for everybody. For a limited time, subscribe to a year of our quality, independent journalism, and you'll receive the Saturday paper's stainless steel coffee cup, made in collaboration with Fresco, for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. The Saturday Paper. No hot takes. Brian, we're talking about the spying technology employed by nation states. You've mentioned Pine Gap and the satellites linked to it. Can you tell me a bit more about Pine Gap? Yes. It's outside Alice Springs. It was set up by the Americans around about 1970, right? And there's several satellites linked to Pine Gap. One big thing they do is intercepting all sorts of electronic messages Uh, phone calls, uh, text and military communications and so on. And the other thing, which uses separate satellites, uh, actually picks up heat sources, heat sources like, say, launches of missiles, the heat from planes, the heat from jet fighters and so forth. Both things are then used instantly and that contributes a huge amount of intelligence. That data goes into the whole American military warfighting capabilities. Well, it's a very high-tech facility. When you go into operations, you walk into a dark room, you see operators there looking at their monitors, they wear headsets, uh, they're basically monitoring, watching and listening for anything that might uh, be intelligence that would be desired uh, by the United States and Australia. It is enormously important because it provides them with real-time targeting data, you know, to attack them. A, for example, if a radar turns on, they can attack it in real time. Not, not Pine Gap. It sends the signals to the American military in place to do that, or ours for that matter. But Pine Gap is far more important to the Americans than whether we send a couple of ships or, you know, fighter planes or whatever uh, to coordinate with them in a war with China. They wouldn't care if they didn't turn up, but they would care immensely if Pine Gap was shut down. Okay, and so, Brian, what's happening at Pine Gap right now? Well, it's expanding the fastest it's ever done. Uh, and this is being pointed out by Peter Cronow, who's uh, writing a book on Pine Gap. He's showing, that he's discovered, that they've got four new antennas there already built in the last year, and they've got another one, really big one, under construction. And that would mean five in a little bit over a year. We're not claiming to know exactly what sort they are, but they're obviously very important to be going in at Pine Gap. 
in such a hurry that it suggests that the Americans want a lot more information on China. Right. So the US is ramping up efforts to gather intelligence on China. And on top of that, we have these war games that have been going on in Queensland, which are strategizing for potential conflict with China. And we've got China sending its own spy ships to check in on that. So how worrying is all of this? Is it an escalation? I think it's quite dangerous. I mean, not necessarily that either side wants to start a war, but wars can start by accident. When you have ships uh, and, and planes from one side and the other getting in very close proximity, which you can do in terms of uh, putting a lot of ships through the South China Sea uh, to try and in some ways confront the Chinese ships and likewise vice versa with the Chinese ships. Uh, There there really needs to be some sort of effort to cool everything down and I, I think there's problems on both sides. The Chinese are incredibly nationalistic about this And I also think they could make an awful mistake if they believed everything uh, that was said in the West about how powerful they are. Uh, This is just my view. I think that uh, the Americans have, one, they've had a lot more practice at being in wars, and I think at least an offshore battle would probably go to the the Americans' advantage. A lot of people disagree with that uh, because despite what we're saying about the spy ships not mattering very much, they have put a big effort into being able to defend the approaches to their country and to, given that the world has accepted that Taiwan's a sovereign part of China, they will try to stop any attempt to build up more forces, say from America or whatever, right in the vicinity of Taiwan. They are a lot stronger now, except they haven't had any practice at being in a war. The last major war was uh, was in 1950 in the Korean War, whereas the Americans have been in numerous wars, very important ones, some of them. Mm. And what about us here in Australia, though, Brian? Do you think that we are adequately prepared or even aware enough of what it would mean to be drawn into this? I, I think that Australians are not aware of just how horrific a war would be uh, between China and the United States, and with us being involved in some way. There would be heavy losses, and it's very hard to work out who would be the ultimate winner. It is very, very dangerous, and there's not enough effort being put into uh, having serious conferences that would try to bring an end to this. And likewise, There's no arms control treaties anymore, no new ones. So there's nothing to try and reduce the cyber warfare stuff or to reduce things like the electronic spying from satellites and so forth. Wars have a sort of momentum of their own or the build-up to wars have a momentum of their own and it's very hard to stop, you know, and you hope that calmness at the very top levels of America and China would prevail. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's not automatic. Brian, thank you so much for your time. Thanks.
This year, the Saturday paper celebrates 10 years as Australia's leading independent newspaper. In that time, it's built a peerless reputation for quality journalism, for telling stories that are ignored elsewhere. Subscribe now at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash subscribe. Also in the news today, Queensland recorded nine new COVID-19 cases in the community yesterday, the highest number for the state in almost a year. 11 Queensland local government areas are currently in a snap three-day lockdown. The outbreak in New South Wales is continuing to grow, with 239 new cases on Sunday. Meanwhile, Victoria recorded four new local cases, all linked to current outbreaks and all in isolation while infectious. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.